The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. I'm Dave Hawkins. Not having an opening song on the antidote is out of the ordinary. But then so are having two guests on the show tonight. So that's going to make for a tight timetable, but concerning the artists and their music, it's worth it. Josh Clifton of the band Ravenhill is a good friend, and besides being an uber-talented guy with great music taste, Josh is also one of the guys in charge at Honey Gold Records. When he got in touch with me a couple of weeks back about a pair of bands, I knew it was going to be good. The funny thing about the bands is what they have in common. They're both on Honey Gold Records. They both share their Christianity and their music. And even though they come from very different genres, deep down, they're both emo. Let's start the night with Brave Days. Then at the half hour mark, you'll hear about Bearheart. Brave Days frontman Eric Knighton is on The Antidote. Thanks for coming, Eric. Thanks for having me. According to the Brave Days bio, you're the lead vocalist. And it also says that you're the useless information aficionado. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why you're here for a talk, because we really don't want to have anything important. Cool. Uh, Yeah, that's what the kids are saying nowadays. That's definitely true. Um, I know a lot of useless information. (laughs) I listen to a lot of podcasts. I used to do pest control, and and, um, when I would be working outside, I'd just be listening to podcasts. Anywhere from theology to to legends from different cultures around the world to uh to myths or just you know random inventions and where they came from and and the history behind them so it's it's pretty lame (laughs) (laughs) the rest of the bio reads that same way so like is life too short to be serious uh no i don't think life is too short to be serious but i think that in our area of music, there's not a lot of lightheartedness. All our songs are very serious. And so, like, you know, the EP that we're going to be talking about, it ranges from, you know, relationships, mental health to uh, politics. And everything is super serious. And so, but we're not like that as a band. Like, we are such idiots. (laughs) (laughs) We, We are huge goobers. And so... Um, we want to reflect that. Like we want to make our live shows reflect our personality. So we'll be like, you know, screaming about, you know, the government and stuff like that. And then, um, will our rhythm guitar player and other vocalists, I'll just headbutt him and all kinds of goofy stuff like that. Like we want to be approachable and fun while at the same time, it's like, Hey guys, this is a very serious topic while I smack myself with my microphone or something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned one of your other band members, but who all is involved with Brave Days? Okay, so like I said, we have Will Herridge. He's the other vocalist. He's more the gravelly vocalist. He uh, plays rhythm guitar, and he does the majority of the instrument writing, everything except for drums. Um, he and I both do bass parts. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, he, does, he touches pretty much everything except for lyrics. Um, we have Chris Knox. He takes the bass parts that we write, and he makes them so much better. Uh, he's an incredible bass player and everything player. 
he's also an amazing vocalist, but he refuses to sing with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has an angelic voice, but he will not sing with us. So, <laughs> yeah. You guys just aren't <laughs> worthy of that voice. No, he does his own studio stuff, and um, we're breaking him out of his shell. We're trying. He's like, <laughs> okay, I'll do some screams. We're working. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get everybody? Oh, we still got two fellas to go. Um, we have uh, Mason Crony playing drums. Uh, he is our human metronome. Uh, and then Will and I gig out to a church here in the DFW area with Mason. And uh, so sometimes we'll have three out of five Brave Days people playing worship. And it is so much fun. <laughs> and just to but, explain, uh, DFW yeah. is Dallas-Fort Worth. Dallas-Fort Worth, yeah. <laughs> Dallas, Texas. All the way up here in Canada, we just don't understand these short forms. This is, yeah, this is weird. This is our first out-of-country anything. We'll see people on Spotify listening from, like, New Zealand and Australia. It's like, oh, that's so cool. And then Josh Clifton, our, one of our label guys, came up to me and was like, hey, uh, you want to do an interview in Canada? I was like, what? I don't speak Canadian, though. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> Well, instead of talking languages, why don't we talk about music? Because your band's debut EP, Work in Progress, just released. I want to talk about the title track. Cool. The opening verse says, Here I sit with my last shred of dignity, writing words that I'll sing that I could never speak. The only ones that seem to come out fluently are disappointment and crippling disbelief. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Is that serious? Like you can say something from stage that you can't say in person? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, it's written to my parents. It's a, basically the whole song is is a prayer, and it's written from my perspective to my parents. Like try, I'm, I'm trying so hard to, to be, I mean, later in the song, I talk about who, the man that you prayed for me to be trying so hard, but it's not what they want. Like it's still, it's still not what they want, but I know that they're proud of me rather me choose a different path in life but um yeah it's a it's a very serious and heartbreaking thing and one time i actually cried at an acoustic show that we were playing we played that and my parents actually came they've never come to a full band show but they came to an acoustic show and i almost started crying and i had to turn around real fast <laughs> and how did they react to that they haven't said anything they haven't uh, haven't said anything i don't know if they've even listened to uh, to be honest, yet yeah, I know my brother-in-law has. He digs it. You 
title track from the Work in Progress EP from Brave Days. If you can't sort out the band's sound, it's for a good reason. And let's find out why from Eric and hear about the song Cloudy Eyes. Brave Days lists the wildest mix of influences I think I've ever seen. The Chariot, least of these, Chris Bernsdorf, Lights Go Down, Conveyor, Gideon, Household, Levi the Poet, May, and lots more. Now, they've all been guests on The Antidote. But here's the weird thing. Their genres range from spoken word to indie rock to hardcore to punk and everything in between. How can they influence Brave Days? Well, man, that's uh, a... I mean, if you've seen our Instagram and stuff, we we trended the hashtag North Texas whatever punk. Because we uh, (laughs) were just like, "Mm, whatever comes out, it's what we're going to do. You know, we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves. That's not art. And so just to put this into context, I got a video of a song that Will is working on 
in quarantine, he has been cranking out songs. Like we have probably an album and a half of stuff written that he mostly he's done. And so we'll have like mathy tapping parts. I mean, like you, you can hear on the current EP actually, because our our lead player I completely didn't mention him. Danny Lakey, one of the best people. He has an amazing heart, and he's an incredible guitar player. Um, is our lead guitar player, but um, we'll do like math rock stuff, and then. Chris and I are huge fans of the chariot. And so he and I will just go ballistic while everyone else is like, you know, nailing their parts. And we'll be, like I said, hitting ourselves with our instruments and stuff. So the live show is, you know, the chariot. We're all, you know, tooth and nail records kids. So of course we're going to be influenced by May and Emery and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're all over the place. Mason used to play in a metalcore band right before this. And so Danny plays in a math rock band as well that Mason and Danny are both in. And then Chris does really sad emo, twinkly emo stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And then I've always done pop punk. And then I used to play bass in a hardcore band and that didn't go anywhere. So I went back to vocals. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's something about Brave Days that throws me. The music is bright and happy, but the lyrics bring in the serious side. You've got bad relationships and rough friendships mm-hmm. that are viewed through a Christian lens. That really comes through on that Cloudy Eyes track. But maybe Ooh. you could tell us the story behind the song. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just cracked open a ice-cold Dr. Pepper. Um, so Cloudy Eyes is pretty intense lyrically. Uh, I was super mad, as you can tell by the lyrics. But... Um, I was in a band, my old band, with actually the person that it's about used to play bass for us at one point. But um, basically, this was my passion project, as as Brave Days is now. But this was my passion project. I poured everything into this, and I let you guys jump in, and and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna give up some of the you know the control and the decision making, and it ended up working pretty all right for the first little bit, and then we went in different musical directions and I wanted to do more aggressive stuff, kind of like what brave days is now. And they wanted to do like more mainstream stuff, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, uh, basically I just, I got kicked out of my own band, which was really lame. (laughs) And they tried to steal like the social media pages that I made in high school. And it, it just did not go well. It was one of my best friends at the time that I, I did, everything i could to help him out like he was a functioning alcoholic by 19 wow. he was in the military and and he got he actually got dishonorably discharged because of that and it's like trying to be there for him and all that and still he took place as the vocalist and everyone just wrote me off and it was one of the most heartbreaking things like i, I was like i'm gonna give up everything i'm just gonna get a day job because i was so heartbroken i was like i need to do something else in my life I'm in barber school currently, and I love it, but, I mean, still doing Brave Days. <laughs> <laughs> so it's my, I feel this way, but I'm going to forgive you regardless of if you're going to forgive me back. Because down the line, if you ever come to that conclusion that you want to forgive me and that you think I'm worthy of it, it doesn't matter to me anymore because I've said my piece. I'm done. And so it's trying to move past that. It's the the first time I've really written something super angry 
about someone, to be honest. And so it's cloudy eyes. You mentioned something a little bit earlier about emo, and that's what <laughs> I find surprising with your band, because really it is punk, but with an emo flavor. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we're, we're all grown up tooth and nail records kids. And so like we're all the, the youth group kid that your parents were like, don't hang out with that guy. <laughs> um, that's us. We're like just adult versions. And so uh, that's definitely impacted us. The early 2000s were wonderful to, you know, pop punk and emo stuff. And it's coming back around, man. And I'm so excited because I was never not an emo kid. You got to keep it going. Good for you. Oh, 
This is Eric Knighton of Brave Days, and you've discovered the antidote. I want to pull in another of the songs that really hits home. Brave Days questions society on the song God Save the Greed. The tables will turn, Rome will burn, your time has come. Well, I mean, really, look at what's happening in America right now. So what is this? You're prophetic? Oh, no. This was a total accident. Like, I wrote this a little under a year ago, and we fully fleshed it out. It was actually the first, with the new lineup, with the current lineup that is Brave Days, this was the first one we all wrote together, which was awesome. But no, not uh, not prophetic, nothing like that. I was just super mad about the, uh, if you don't mind me getting kind of intense for a second. Sure. Um, I was very mad about the inconsistency of American Christians and their politics. I mean, if you're watching everything that's going on in the news, you know, we're we're marching just to stay alive. Like we have police officers killing people for being people. The bottom line is that shouldn't happen in America and Christians should side with the oppressed, not the oppressor. That's just the gospel. But at the same time, they're like, especially in Texas, we have um, Christians that are nationalists, and they're saying, you know, America first, make America great again, stuff like that. Okay, that's cool, but are you seeing that first, or are you looking to Jesus first? And so it's just super frustrating. So all that in context and all that to say, you're a Christian, first of all then you're an American after that. So if you're pro-life and you're a Christian, why are we still going to war for, you know, for oil control? Why are we still going to war for resources? Why are we still sending, uh, we're sending our young people to die, you know, now on the streets of America and we don't need to. Like, if you're going to be pro-life, you need to be pro all aspects of life, not just the womb. And so, sorry, I went, it was a really roundabout way of getting to that. But it, it's, that's basically my frustration is we have people that are pro-life until it comes to that child is hungry and they can't get food to eat. But we, American Christians especially, hate the idea of food stamps. They hate the idea of social services. And we can't even take care of children. Like, it's the widows, it's the orphans, it's the least of these not the band. I think those guys eat pretty well. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the call of the gospel to love them first. But we are making justifications in our politics for nationalism and for our idolatry of a country rather than our true identity, which is a follower of Jesus first and foremost. And so it's just super frustrating. I suppose the future is a guessing game for everybody right now. But what are your dreams for the band? Personally, like I said, Tooth and Nail Records, kids, it's been my dream since I was, you know, 10 years old and wasn't allowed to wear skinny jeans <laughs> to be on Tooth and Nail Records or one of the subsidiaries, you know. Um, I don't know. I want to I carry on the torch of helping out the... I, I made that joke, but it's seriously not a joke. The the youth group kid who gets into angry music because it's cathartic. I want to help that kid. I want to help 
where I couldn't get help. Growing up, just so angry, I didn't know where to put it and where to direct that anger. And so I tried as best as I could with music, and I was like, this is it. So if I can find that kid, and I can be like, yo, man, this is a way better way than just being mad at everything. That would be great for me. I want to carry the torch, but also, you know, speak hope and, uh, and to anyone that's hurting. I mean, it's a very dark genre of music, and we're there for a reason. We struggle with mental health, and so if you're listening to music where they yell at you, you're probably not okay in the head in some degree or another. And so you're going to be listening to punk, of course. And so if someone comes across our music and they hear work in progress and they're like, oh, who's this Jesus fellow? That that sounds pretty tight. Then as, as much as possible. But um, if it goes past where we're at right now, we didn't even expect to be here, to be honest. Like we didn't expect to make it to, so what, three years since the last time I sent a single to you? Yeah. So if we go to a different label and off honey gold, go to tooth and nail, that's be tight. But like, it's not the plan. Like our plan is just to write music and to be friends and to love people and to put on insane shows. If we go further, that would be great. I mean, I sold my car for a van and so I'm super cool driving back and forth to school in a giant 15 passenger van that I got before <laughs> COVID right before COVID. And so we weren't able to make the maiden voyage like uh, we had plans. And we had three shows that were basically all killer canceled. And so it, everything's on hold for a little bit. But afterwards, we're, we're going to hit the road and try to make us the best of what we can. That's cool. Eric, thanks for coming for a talk with The Antidote. And have a good run with work in progress. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on.
I still don't agree with Eric about God save the greed. I really do think he was being prophetic. The track is found on Work in Progress from Brave Days. Give it a full listen. Bearheart's coming up next. I hadn't heard the artist before, but it didn't take long for me to get into their sad music. See what you think as we head into my talk with Bearheart's Tyler Collins. Tyler Collins is Bearheart, and he's here on The Antidote. Good to meet you, Tyler. Nice meeting you, Dave. I love being here. I always like to hear about an artist's beginnings. Where did music start for you, Tyler? Oh, man. Uh, on this date, I am 29 years old, but I started playing I started playing guitar when I was 13, but I think I've been singing as long as I can remember. My brother and I would put on shows in our living room for my parents. Um, we, we would just sing random songs to our parents and put on different shows. And so when I started playing guitar at 13, it's just kind of like, well, I want to play in a band with my brother who's a drummer, so let's do this. <laughs> and and so like he got his drum set one year for Christmas and literally the next year for Christmas I got a guitar for the sole purpose of playing in a band with him and lo and behold he and I played in a band together called Least of These for about 7 or 8 years. It kind of came to fruition a little bit. And I know Least of These very well. I I hope that's a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing least of these has been featured on the show in the past have we really that's why the antidote is so familiar oh my gosh <laughs> that's been a long time ago that's that's what like 2014 2015 gosh <laughs> yeah whenever i've i've been like racking my brain like why does the antidote sound so familiar that's so hilarious we were on your we were on your dang show man <laughs> so maybe that's why i like your music so much Maybe. I mean, the instrumentation is a little different, but, you know, the same heart is still there. So I guess that would make sense. No, it is very different. You know, I mentioned to a music fan that I was going to be having an interview with you, and they asked me about your music style, and I said, it's singer-songwriter folk and has an emo flavor. Am I on track or off base? I think that's the best I've ever heard that described. Can I use that? So long as you send me a gold <laughs> star. <laughs> I'll mail it to you right after we're done. <laughs> well, the music of Bearheart may be emo, but to really sum it up, the songs found on your debut EP, In the Morning, they're incredibly sad. I mean, even the name of the EP shares that. Yeah. Maybe I should have you explain the title. Yeah, so you're actually just getting the first half of a collective project. So In the Morning um, has that little ellipses at the end, um, kind of alluding to, oh, there's going to be there's gonna be more that kind of ties this up later. So the whole purpose of these first few tracks of In the Morning, yeah, they're very sad. They're just little bits and pieces of a really difficult situation that I walked through personally in my life. But even back when I wrote these songs two years ago, I even had hope that this story wouldn't end sad. Like there would be more to come that would be hopeful and joyful. So I left it open. So the next EP, I haven't started recording it yet. Um, it will come out soon. And 
So the next EP is going to have a title that ties, and I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, because you know if I give away too much, then people are just like, oh yeah. Blah, blah. So there's some suspense for you. But the next EP will be songs that are more hopeful and that are more joyful sounding, and they're not as sad. They're actually a little less emo and um, a little more upbeat. A little more top 40 pop happy songs? <laughs> uh, I don't... I don't know that I have it in me to ever write a pop song, but it'll definitely be more, um, I guess, like singer-songwriter love song-ish. I get I it. Yeah, yeah. Not, not really top 40, like I'm no Katy Perry, but definitely not as sad as these first seven are. <laughs> the one thing you left out in your explanation is how you spell mourning. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So that has a little duality in it. So that parentheses around the U, it's kind of put there to be read as both in the morning, like as the sun's coming up, and then in the morning as you're processing your sadness. So that first part of like in the morning, biblically speaking, we know that joy comes in the morning, that we know that God's grace is new every morning. So that's kind of that piece kind of alluding to um, more joyful music later, but that mourning part with the you is definitely like while you're sitting in your sadness and processing your sadness, there still is hope. There still is restoration and healing, but sometimes things are just super sad. We talked about the title of the EP. We can also talk about the name of your band because you've probably picked the most accurate description for who you are. Because you really do bear your heart in your music. Exactly. I mean, it's very personal. It also shares your faith, like the song, Nothing Wrong. Part of the lyrics say, I gave you all the right I had to give. And what a way to learn that love is how I choose to live. Our time yeah. is over. You made sure it was through. But now I've grown in loving the one who's greater than you. That's quite a story. Is yeah. it true? Yeah, yeah. I mean, In the Morning is just about how my marriage fell apart a few years ago. And writing songs out of that, a couple of them were even uh, written before my wife even left me. There was kind of like some Holy Spirit, prophetic, preparing me kind of stuff going on in the background that whenever it all started to fall apart, it didn't destroy me as much because in my relationship with the Lord, I just I was just able to rest and be like, okay, God, like you were preparing me for this. Okay, these songs now make sense. Um, so that verse that you just brought up in Nothing Wrong is completely true. Like I was codependent. I was leaning so much on my wife to be my faith and like to be my salvation and to be everything. And it took her leaving me for me to realize just how deep my faith goes because I didn't have like those roots weren't stopping at this little like cement that I had planted there. That was my marriage. It was like, Oh, that needed to be eradicated. And now I can really see like, Oh, I have nobody if I don't have the Lord. So yeah, like the worst thing that could happen to somebody's life ended up being one of the best things for my relationship with God.
Is it easy to pour out your soul to strangers? Because that's what you're doing with your music. It's it's really not. Um, it takes, at least for me, being a feeler naturally, it took a while for me to start to play these songs, even live. Because I wrote them two years ago. 
but I'm just now getting ready to release them. So it's taken me that whole time to sit with different people that I trust and to talk openly about how I feel immediately after a show. Just like, hey, I feel drained. I feel really sad. And I feel like I'm back in all of what happened. And then having people kind of counsel me through that. Because when you bear your heart, no pun in, actually pun intended, um, when you bear your heart and you bear your soul to people that, that don't know you and don't know the story, don't know the players involved, you're essentially opening yourself up to either like encouragement or backlash. Some people may hate what you do, and some people may love it, and if you're not careful those people who hate what you do, you can take it personally. And then it makes you just not even want to put out art ever again. Mm -hmm. And, and even likewise, if you focus too much on the people who encourage you, you can kind of get a complex and be like, I'm going to be like the next big somebody. I need to keep doing this. And it's like, yes, art and music are a part of my identity, but they're not my sole identity. So it actually took talking to our mutual friend, Josh Clifton in Ravenhill. Um, it actually took me talking to him a couple of times for him to kind of help me shift my mindset. Like, hey, maybe you need to start prefacing your shows and your sets with this is where you were. This isn't where you are now. These songs are for anybody who is feeling how I felt and kind of give yourself a hopeful like step up so that you're not plunging after every show. Taking that into consideration and then performing that way, like with others in my mind, with other people who are hurting not so much me reliving it, but retelling the story to help other people, that has been a game changer for me. That has saved me a lot of unnecessary negative emotion in myself and depression and everything. And it's just been thinking about, oh yeah, these songs are for other people. Because any musician writes music for those who listen. It's kind of like having that missional mindset. Like if you're going through what I went through, Hopefully these songs help you like they helped me. Now, maybe I should get you to explain about the connection of Josh Clifton and Honey Gold Records and why you released your EP through them. Oh, man. Um, so my old band, Least of These, we met Josh and the Ravenhill guys years and years and years ago at a small rinky-dink festival in Texas. And we played that festival we kind of got connected to Josh because that's what Josh does. Josh is a connector. So he had his podcast at the time before all the honey gold stuff. And he invited us on. And then after that, whenever we would tour up to Nashville, we would play shows with them when they would come through Texas, they played shows with us. And then recently Josh and the Ravenhill guys moved down to Texas in my neck of the woods. And then I just kind of started hanging out with them more often and started playing shows with them. I even fill in on guitar for them sometimes. <laughs> um, and I mean, just like Josh does, like Josh collects people. So through those relationships that took years of building, um, whenever he and the rest of the guys started Honey Gold, it was like a no brainer. It was like, oh, those are like a lot of my really good friends. Yeah, I want to work with them because I know that it's going to be personal and it's going to be intentional and that's exactly what bare heart music is, is personal and intentional. So I know that they would be they would be the right people for the job. And they were. All the guys who had a hand in recording and producing this EP, 
they gave me a product way better than I ever thought I would get. And so it was like so providential for them to be here and for me to be ready to release these songs. Oh, perfect. I know, man. It's, it's so crazy. I love it. I love those guys. Paradise is the opening song of In the Morning. There's no music. It's just your vocals. I really think you're one of those annoying people that are just ultra confident <laughs> and you're just here to make the rest of us look bad. Well, I'm going to receive that as a compliment, so thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I was playing some like open mic things uh, for a while and just kind of experimenting with different ideas. And as I was driving out to this open mic one night, what you hear in Parados that just came to my mind. I got there a little early, tried putting some guitar to it. I was like, you know, I'm going to do something that I've never done before. I'm going to try to just do this acapella. So I did it at this open mic in front of like six or seven people. And those six or seven people came up to me. They're like, oh my God. And that was it. And that's when I knew like, okay, I should do that. I should try to record that somehow because... Like paradise is a theatrical term, meaning like that you like you essentially set the stage for what's about to happen. It's like the introduction to what you're about to see in like a play, and just essentially setting the story of like what you're about to listen to. That's exactly what I wanted to do. We used to do that in least of these sometimes, like start some things a cappella, and so I kind of took a page out of our old book, and it turned out to work really well, in my opinion. It's really outstanding. And you've aimed the song straight at your listener. You know, we yeah. don't have a fourth wall in music, but it's almost that way. Because it says, so if you're still listening and you hear your words echo back while you hear me sing, I want you to know something true. Please know that this one's for you. Hey guys, I'm Tyler Collins of Bearheart, and you are listening to The Antidote. We were doing fine until we weren't All the twists and turns Didn't hurt until I hit the dirt It wasn't easy to watch her go To count when I just wanted to go home But one night he told me to stay strong He said, I know your sadness And know there's nothing wrong But I'd lie and say I'm doing fine yeah, it appears that heartache comes for each of us in time So if you're still listening And you hear your words echo back while you hear me sing I want you to know something true Please know 
this one Yeah, this one's for you An amazing song. Paradise is a big change from what we usually hear in music. It's a treat to have an artist like Bearheart who's willing to take a chance by recording an unusual song. Like I said earlier, Honeygold Records is a cool label with several artists, so check them out. Something else to check out is next week's guest on The Antidote. We all know that there are good bands, there are great bands, and then there are those bands that you have to hear. Mantric is one of those bands. Formed by three former members of Extol, this progressive experimental metal band is really incredible. Come listen to our talk with the band. For now, let's hear more from Tyler Collins of Bearheart and the song Wild Eyes from the In the Morning EP. Have a great week. It was cathartic for me to write these songs and to sit on them as long as I did and to just really work them out. Um, but I wanted it to be something more because music for the sake of my ears, sure, that's cool, but I've always been bigger picture and it kind of rested on my heart. Like my story is not unique. My story is not foreign. If that's the case and I've been given the ability to express my own emotions, there are probably people out there who struggle to express the same emotions and they don't know where to start. This may be arrogant. I don't know. I really love the line that says, if you hear your words echo back while you hear me sing, that's kind of that relational part. Like if I'm saying something that resonates with you and it's like resonating for the first time with you, then I want you to know that these songs are for you. Like these are to help you. Sadness happens. It comes for all of us. So if you're currently in that spot, it's okay. Well, I think we're all currently in that type of spot. Yeah. Because now COVID and the protests surrounding the killing of George Floyd are changing society. I guess, does this mean that the music of Bearheart is truly meant to fit these days? I I would hope so. So far with Bearheart, it's a little more like relationship kind of sadness um i would be very interested to see what kind of song could come out of me with what's going on in our current climate and culture because not all the songs are very like specific like i've i can listen to a couple thrice songs like um blood on the sand off of the to be everywhere's to be nowhere record and you listen to that song you're like oh this song is about racial inequality Like, if you sit and listen to the lyrics, it's like, there's blood on the sand, there's blood in the streets, there's a gun in my hand, or there might as well be. Like, oh, this song is pointed at the racial inequality that is in our country. And that song was written a few years ago. Um, So I would love to see what kind of song I could write to hopefully speak into what's currently going on. Um, So maybe that's something that I could try in the future. What do you think about that? Is music actually timeless? Um, I think if it's written the right way, it could be. I mean, you have you have a lot of your like one-hit wonders that still kind of hit the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that intention in music can be very, very clear. Like if 
if somebody's intentions in writing a song are genuine and they are pure, then those kinds of songs are what I would consider as like timeless. Because it's the power of emotion that is translated through music that keeps it at a high emotional level for, for anybody who listens to it. And like you definitely have your songs that are like throwaway songs. Um, but I think the timeless tracks are the ones that the writer put their heart and soul into. And it just translates throughout and through in. Like there are songs that I know will be stuck with me for most of my life just because of what they meant to me and because of what they spoke into me at very critical times in my life. Tyler, thanks for coming for this talk and best of luck with the Bear Heart release. Thank you for letting me be on here, Dave. This was a pleasure and I would love to come back again and just talk shop with you.
Oh, look 